Don't say anything to Steve about turning 30. Wasn't planning on it. Be careful with those. Hey, Dad. Why are you, Tyler? <laughs> hey, Davey. How are you, brother? Hey, Matt, how are you doing all right? <laughs> Steve? Got a cold, man? Nah. Just cancer. So that I've been thinking. Uh-oh. What if I bring Granny home with me to L.A.? Just hear me out for a second. What do you want from me? Man, you'll get off. First offense at your age. Technically, it's not my first offense. Take it from me. There's far worse sin than selling dope. What do you mean? I mean like making people feel small. So why can't she come stay with y'all? <laughs> she hates the place, Dad. Cherokee Rose is the finest facility of its kind. Hundred miles. Have you even asked Mom what she thinks? I don't need to. Nice one, Dad. Thank you. You want to get out of here? You bet I do. He did that wardrobe change really quick. I brought the beanie. <laughs> nice. By the way, that trailer had a Bobby Wynick quote. Um, That's fantastic. Right. A quick one in there. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't notice that the first time I watched. Oh, it. How many times have I pointed out in our conversations? There's great footage of. of I mean, we spent hours with Bobby Wygant at festivals. Like she loved this movie, and at the time, you know, I knew she when I was when we were a kid. It, here in Texas, Bobby Wygant interviewed everybody when Spielberg. Yeah, was, yeah. He, he, he was in Dallas. Spielberg was in Dallas with Bobby Wygant. She's so, put all the stuff up on YouTube. Yeah, there, so there are all her old interviews are up oh there, which is God. great. And we actually early Bill Paxton stuff, early. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, and we we show them on the show too. So you yeah, know. We, we 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 talk about her a surprising amount. Actually. Wow, we, that's amazing. You guys are holding up Bobby Wygant. Yes. There's, there's, there's a couple of good friends here in Texas that are in charge of her archive. Really good. Okay. Friends oh, no kidding. All right. So, well, like, those, are, those are the friends that uh, keep us going then. Yes. <laughs> because literally I have used 
how I think probably like at least a third of the episodes of our 73 episodes I've used her interviews. That's amazing. So much so that we can do meta commentary on like what maybe her mood was at that time, or like you know, like we 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 know a surprising amount of information about this woman. <laughs> it was uh, she was getting real thirsty for Sam Elliott. Um, <laughs> she was. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she, uh, she flirted with the. There's a there's a good clip of uh, I think her interviewing Harrison Ford, and you can just tell she's melting. Right <laughs> for a young Harrison Ford, like I'm like this is great. She's which I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Really? <laughs> who didn't? Yeah, I think we've had multiple people as feature guests on the show that feel the same. Anyway, but <laughs> I digress. How about that like ninety minute trailer? Good lord, I don't remember. I think I cut that trailer, and I'm just sure shit don't remember it being that long. That Maybe wasn't that bad. Believe oh, me, if it's not bad, I would have commented on it. I always do. That's just it's very 2010. <laughs> it just seems like now you've got to have like a 10 second. T- you know, it's like I, whose attention span is 2:45 anymore? You know, which is weird. Uh, still wait. watching Drive My Car. <laughs> I'm still watching it right now, actually. Yeah, I started it last night. Started it early enough that I wouldn't fall asleep, thanks yeah. to the advice of some friends. Still watching it. <laughs> long movie. That's why that's funny. It's a very long movie. It's good. I heard. Um, somebody, Someone that I was on Leslie Lee's podcast with, um, Ashley from, uh, he's from Horror Vanguard, um, was saying that he's in the middle of a watch through of the longest movie ever made. And it goes on for 35 days. It's a 35-day movie. And most of it, nothing is happening. It's just... Um, like a, a straight shot of a boat. And he was saying that like at some point, I think there's like a little bit of action at one point in it, but like it's a 35 day movie and just most of it is, is an image of a boat. At well, a... Who, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Is he going for a Guinness world record? That might be yeah. interesting to have the longest movie in Guinness world record, but I don't know. You know, uh, Warhol was experimenting with that. You know, sleep, for... what was Andy Warhol's feature film sleep? Where it was just literally his friend sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. At theaters in Manhattan, and people were paying to, for two hours to watch. You know, it's yeah, like that's the racket, man. Where's that job? <laughs> I'm a champion sleeper. I yeah, there was a. I mean, there was a time period, and it was definitely Warhol uh, inspired. But there's been a lot of like experimental film, and it's not something that I'm. I'm a huge like I like I like art house film when I do see it, but not that like installation style um like experimental film and i'm always just like is this really what you wanted to put like a bunch of energy into usually like grad students though and it's like all kind of warhol inspired and like i remember um like my mom worked at the local college um and she was working in the art department and like a lot of people's like they would just put up these screens a lot of it would just be like people's eye like really close up or like just like some fucking Crazy Most shit. of it's just like, eyes close up, really. I mean, I've, I've you know, spent enough time in the art world. Like ninety percent of that uh, particular genre, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I, well, I mean, that's how Jack Jack Nance got his start. Jack Nance is, of course, famous for working with David Lynch so much. Mm. Uh, he got his start doing these uh, kind of uh, uh, I forget I forget the term fancy term for it, but like yeah, it's like everybody stays in character. Yeah, they're called eyeball films. Exactly. Uh, everyone stays in character for like days at a time and it's like an installation and like he did he like did a whole bunch of those and that's kind of how he ended up knowing uh david lynch and uh which would be really interesting only because it's jack nance who even like as a younger man we've all seen a racer head right so it's like even as a younger man it's like that guy was always a little odd but in a good way right yeah in the way that makes you a fantastic character actor <laughs> anyway are we doing intros or yeah just- so might be a good idea to do that sometime. hi welcome to movie night extravaganza if you're listening right now that's the show you're listening to. 
I don't know how you accidentally came upon it, but maybe the algorithm <laughs> is blessing us tonight. Um, <laughs> I clicked that. Ah, what's this? I'm trying to get pornography. I am joined by Jay Underworld. He's going to kidnap, I mean, somebody's grandma. Is it your grandma you're going to kidnap? Who's Just any grandma? Are we kidnapping a grandma live tonight? That'd be fun. <laughs> it's never been done before, folks. We're the only podcast that's done it. My grandma's upstairs. We could kidnap Mike. We could kidnap. Oh my god! <laughs> you gotta. You have to play out in real time the kidnapping granny scene from Carried Away with your real grandma upstairs. <laughs> oh, we intend to. I feel like you could get away with that for a night. Be like, it's just for the podcast, grandma. No, no, no. It's, way, it's for a bit for the, the show. The, the Carried Away grandma, alpha free speech grandma. You know, you you as you as Ed kind of you know beta beta liberal you know beta liberal Ed, but then there's alpha free speech grandma. You know what I mean? Like old, just <laughs> yes, get in there. <laughs> free speech yeah. warrior, really just you know, first amendment, that's what she cares about, you know. And you know, I fucked with it. I did. <laughs> how did your how did your family react to it? How did your grandma react to to grandma's racist out you know outbursts? Yeah, that, so was, was, that was, was shocking was, to the audience, and we knew that it was in the original script. It was yeah. almost adamant about keeping these elements because they are based on real family members. You know, oh, loosely, sure. loosely, but very based on the 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 Ed and Grandma situation is the most autobiographical in in Tom Huckabee's life, the writer, producer, and director of this film. And um, I, I have I have a clip of him when I'm done with intros. I have a clip of him talking about uh, family and kind of what oh, actually cool. inspired um, the elements of this movie. But I I should say I should disrupt right here and say you know Conan Neutron, you know him, <laughs> the Conan Reversal, Conan Neutron of the Secret Friends. Uh, movie night extravaganza. He did the theme music. He's available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and uh, scoring your film. Cheap. Reasonable prices. <laughs> he, he was, you know, he originally out. He originated on Armed Forces Radio. Wanted to be a DJ. <laughs> getting fan mail. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, great. Uh, I'm. I. If, this is probably a record for. Uh, quickest turnaround from watching the movie to being on the show talking about the movie because I finished it seriously about seven minutes before the show started. Wow, maybe like long <laughs> enough to like change clothes. So, I uh, I rewatched I rewatched the last hour and finished it two minutes before I popped on. Because <laughs> again, as as Andy adequately pointed out, I was still watching Drive My Car for, for like most of the day Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what a trip! Just footage of stealing a car. Yeah, I just yeah. What was what was next in the algorithm? People stealing cars. <laughs> Let's check it out. And we are we are happy and proud to finally be joined by Gabriel Horn. Been trying to get you on for uh for quite a while, ever since uh you know Andy's birthday stream. Here, I'll I'll, I'll cheers. I'll cheers to that. Here, I got yes. I, I got my right. lemonade thing. Apparently, I got I got all the alcohol down here, so I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but. Producer and actor at New Palace Films, uh, star of this film, Carried Away, um, you know, and you've done everything from documentaries to, uh, you know, guest roles and things to, um, you know, you were at TriStar. You're being a guest in Moving uh, Extravaganza, Dare to Dream. It's really quite the career path. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love it. Yeah, please. But, uh, but you were you were at uh, TriStar, right, um, for a while as a development person. I was reading on the website when it... Um, earlier well, well i developed for, for trifecta entertainment oh, trifecta. Oh, all right they, they, it's okay they, but but it's great trifecta trifecta is uh all mgm television executives who i brought my ghost hunting show into 
they didn't want to pay for the show, but they loved the show. And so I kept coming back at different phases like, well, I funded the pilot. You guys want to take it and fund the rest of it? And they were just, but I knew they could distribute. You know, they were one of the biggest syndicators. They still are in the world. And um, it wasn't until I raised a quarter of the money that they thought I needed to put together 20 episodes and came back to them with the whole show. And then they're like, all right, we need to give you a desk. Just go have an office, make TV shows, do what you got to do. So for nearly two years, I just, that's all I did a day and night was just sling TV show concepts. And that, then when my deal was up, I went from that to Warner Brothers, CBS, other, other uh, production, big production companies, you know, moonlighting and different things, different projects. And then I've been on my own for, um, I don't know how many years now. And it's great. And uh, Ghost Breakers also had a star of uh, Carried Away, Brian Massey in it as well. That's right. That was our second collaboration with the the older brother character, uh, the Steve character in Carried Away. Oh, he's played. Great. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. if I drug the Ghost Breakers crew out, oh God, you wouldn't be able to handle that. That's another show. But anyway, let me know if you ever want to do that. Because yeah, yeah, and, we could do night, uh, Nightcrawlers at some point, which which I think oh Nightcrawlers, oh my God, that was the film. That, that's Nightcrawlers is the film that really connected Tom and I. We we had met shortly before. We hadn't have done we hadn't done Carried Away, and because yeah, um, it's in Carried Away. That's right. We use a clip that man. You are on it. You're right. The TV. That's yeah. Nobody ever knows that. Well, you are good. Because because um, I'm sitting there thinking like uh, today going like, right. wait, so Gabe exists in his own cinematic universe. <laughs> and mm -hmm. That just happened to be the one of our crew had our DVD that day. It could have been anything on the floor that we could get away with. And it, we had that D Nightcrawler's DVD the day we were filming on the TV and realized we needed to show something. And it just worked out perfect. But. But yeah, he, but, but Tom loved, you know, this was, Nightcrawlers was a virtually a no budget uh, vamp, vampire comedy. It, it was Shaun of the Dead years before Shaun of the Dead with vampires in a small Texas town. And it was shot so well. Benjamin Wilbanks uh, wrote and directed it. He's my partner on Ghostbreakers. And, um, and we finished the movie, showed it at some festivals. People loved it. And then Lone Star Film Festival was coming up here, I think 06 or 07 here in Fort Worth. And it was the first Fort Worth Film Festival that was it, it was the biggest one they've had and it was founded by Bill Paxton and Tom Huckabee and I just recently in the last year or so I met Tom and the week that Lone Star is going on this the giant it was the biggest event Fort Worth's ever had this one film festival and uh and Tom Tom said well I'm, I'm gonna get I love Nightcrawler so much I'm gonna get you guys screened at the festival if the festival's happening right now and sure enough two or three days later we had a screening for Nightcrawlers and people came to saw it and loved it and you know, and Tom and I have just been connected ever since through stupid comedy and then just hyper intellectual drama stuff. There's almost like no in between. It's like, you know, you got to be Buster, <laughs> Keaton, Buster Keaton or William Burroughs. It's like You're no basically describing this show, Gabriel. It was. It, he, he would love this show. He would love this show. So anyway, uh, that's great. And of course, a uh, friend of the show, Bill Paxton. So. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So I got I got this I got uh speaking of Tom Huckabee, I got the clip of you guys doing um promo at Dallas uh International Festival, I think. Um mm -hmm. and uh right when this when the movie premiered and um I have a couple clips from it, but I'll start out with um I think this is uh the the granny actress. I don't I didn't catch her name, but um Julie Erickson plays the grandma. She was so in Bernie it. too, I think. She's not much of a voiceover. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. You know, just real quick trivia about Julie. Julie, she's been acting so long. She was she was featured background 
in Beach Blanket Bingo with Frankie <laughs> Avalon. And That's she goes bad. way back, like studio way back. And it was such an honor to work work with her. She's kind of a legend in this this neck of the woods, but uh, she's amazing. Yeah. She was awesome. I mean, she was, she was, that's a great character just in general. But I mean, that was, that was very, very well played, I thought. Thank yeah, you. Although her first uh, IMDb credit is Heaven's Gate. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, there you go. Heaven's Gate. All right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, are you, have you interacted with uh, Leak Ladder at all um, through doing film in, 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 in Texas? Or Being I, in the state of Texas. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, no, it's a community, I feel like, that all kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. makes other parts of the it does i i actually before i got here to do this podcast tonight i was with the mother morgana in carried away i was at her house here in fort worth putting her on tape for richard linkletter's new movie oh so killer funny that you even tied this all or how we tied it all in but no i have i've been in the room with him i've never even shook his hand uh i've been to a couple like film festival dinners where he was in the room and just you know I just have never, never met Linkletter. Damn. All the, all the other, all the other big, te big Texans. I'm pretty sure I've met from Rodriguez and um, you know, a hand, handful of others. I've met Troublemaker used Rip to be. Porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's Andy, a time you're doing so great. I don't know. Remember uh, <laughs> as a kid, they'd always do like those, uh, those, those things on the news, like um, famous actors who are from Texas. And they like, would have this big long list and they mm -hmm. always seem to end for some reason with Rip Torn. Was always like the last name they'd say. I don't know how this is not the first time that the six pack stories come up. <laughs> I don't remember what the context was of it last time. There's, there's wasn't any context there either. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> we gotta have a, we gotta have an Andy explains uh, playlist at some point. That's a supercut. Oh, that's a great yeah. idea. Yes. <laughs> oh, only for the patrons though. Only the true heads. All right. So what do we got here? Looks like an old interview. Seth. Now, tell me about your personal experience, you know, being granny, being able to have to tap into people with dementia and everything. That's that's hard, you yeah. know, because you you take it in personally and then you all of a sudden at the same time realize what they're going through. Well, I, I wanted to be true to Tom's grandmother for one thing. He had to keep telling me to be meaner, be meaner. <laughs> oh, and, I don't um, believe that. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Um, my father-in-law uh, died from complications of Alzheimer's. So I've lived with it. Uh, and I understand the quirks of it. Uh, anyone that hasn't really can't experience it as, as well. So I'm hoping that what we've done with it will show the, the ups and downs of it, uh, how it manifests itself. Yeah. And affects not only the person with it, but also the, the people that, that are surrounding them. Yes, because it's the entire family that deals with it and has to cope with it and everything. Um, I think that is one of the prevailing and powerful messages behind the movie is the fact, you know, you're looking into the life of this granny and then how everything else plays out. I understand also that there are other themes behind this and they all tie together. Kind of a neat play on words with Carried Away, too. Um, describe some of those other events and also are those autobiographical. I mean, are those your family members too? Uh, well, um, based on my family, uh, there's only three boys in the fa in the movie family, kind of like the Bonanza, but, uh, and my family has, um, uh, also a sister 
and there's three boys, but that was to underline the fact that it's not supposed to be an expose of my family. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's supposed to be more kind of a, a universally dysfunctional family that any family could relate to. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I don't want, you know, it's not my family. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's not a documentary, people. <laughs> Definitely not a documentary, but I could go in. I could go into detail if anybody wanted clarity on. Yeah, yeah, and also, Gabe, I, I, you know, I so I do music, and there's like press cycles for that for new records, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of feel like some press you remember, and some just don't. They become like a thin gruel of whatever. But uh, do you remember that appearance? Do you, do you remember like what was happening? Uh, I remember Tom wearing that hat for a couple of days. That's I don't remember that actual moment i just remember that hat was there's a story behind the hat and how he ended up with it that day and you know it was a, a he 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 wanted a fedora there was a fedora and we couldn't find a fedora and that was like a friend of a friend it was like pulling out of a trunk and we found this hat and he's like i'll love it and we're like go for it <laughs> compromise like, I, remember, I remember those things you know but yeah 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 well uh, I remember watching see, that I mean, video the, and not remembering anything that was said because i was staring at that hat <laughs> We'd like to welcome yeah. our new sponsor, JantiChapeaux.net. <laughs> no, but the, the interviewer seemed kind of nervous, and I've I've worked at film festivals as an interviewer before, like um, long before doing this, and uh, before I became a professional, a broadcast professional, <laughs> before I became an amateur broadcaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it is kind of a nerve wracking experience. You're doing a whole bunch of different interviews with people over the course of you know the, the turnaround time is fucking brutal. And mm -hmm. like the way that I did it, at least, I mean, I don't know if this is uh, that this woman's story, but like the way that I did it is I kind of did it through a college class. And like, so it was like, if you fuck it up, um, you know, you're going to fail this college class. And that's how I ended up. <laughs> no pressure. She also had Bill Pullman sitting on the uh, off screen, uh, you know, <laughs> making fun of her. Yeah, she, well, she had Bill Pullman mocking her off screen, being like, <laughs> "Be like, hey, you know, this is a uh, you guys are live, right? You guys are you guys are filming this." That's, <laughs> that's cool. what happened to Forrest. Forrest Pullman has and Forrest have beef. Maxwell was great. He came to he came to the premiere and uh, uh, at Dallas International. No, this, wasn't, this wasn't Paxton. I I I have beef with Bill Pullman because he, yeah, Pullman, wrong Bill, different yeah. Bill. Have you ever met him? Have you ever met Pullman? Yeah. Oh, we, that's, that's where the beef comes from. <laughs> oh, really? He, he was, was my he was my neighbor in Hollywood for like five years. It, it's not beef. He just was no. So, so I was, I was makes incredible mar, uh, margaritas, and I'm not I'm not surprised. So I was in I was in college. It was my senior year of college. I worked at uh, Woodstock Film Festival, and nice. they premiered his um, uh, ballad of Lefty Brown. Uh, Western that he did, which was really excellent, and he ended up winning the the award for it that year. And um, so, but like the final the final day of of the festival, or one of the final days of the festival that I was at least working there as an interviewer, I ended up having to interview uh, Bill Pullman. Ended up with one person working with me only, and we had like we were supposed to be in like a team. And so I was working camera and interviewing at the same time, and you know had uh, taken ADHD medication before the whole thing started. So I was like. It was like first thing in the morning. It was like nine a.m. So I was just like really jittery, and I was just like, so he, they were. So he and the director were trying to list off all these uh, movies that were playing, and I was trying to list them off with him. And he's like, you know, this is live, right? You guys are filming. And my professor was behind me and just 
burst out laughing and he was filming it like he was filming me filming him and he was just laughing at fucking bill pullman being like you know this is live right like you like you're filming this can you edit this out or something he's like i'm the one being interviewed and he was like fucking with me because we were talking beforehand and he was like mad cool but then at the end he's like don't worry i'm, I'm messing with you i didn't really think or whatever it like walked away but that that uh that clip got played like every week for the rest of the semester. Wow. My professor would just put it up on the screen and be like, <laughs> look what it's happened. It's more like he clowned him than they have beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> but the clips, I, I have it on Facebook. It's still really funny. Anyway, that's how we that's how we managed to make that about ourselves. So I hope you appreciate that. <laughs> no, but I was just trying to say, like, so you know, you know, in these situations where um a lot of times they have people either volunteering or doing it through places. Like they're not necessarily professional interviewers. So I, I don't, you know, the fact that she's a little bit nervous during that um, kind of makes sense maybe from that perspective, but it is, it is funny. Like, you know, you never think that your, your clip is going to get played in the podcast like a decade later or something. <laughs> That's true. That's interesting. And also, I mean, you've been to enough film festivals, but everybody parties together. So, you know, the first couple of days you start seeing people's, uh, you know, mental energy start to go into the gutter on day three and pr press. If you've got a proper publicist and you're doing press anytime you're not in the theater, you're in front of a microphone or a radio or whatever else. And so this, I think this was part of a multi-day press junket we were doing. So we would went go, go from that room to the next room and sit down. They're like, okay, we're live. And then they just ask them other random questions. So I can't. I can't. Percent of which are exactly the same questions as the last four people. <laughs> oh, um, some people did, but you know, it's part of it. It's yeah. You, you, you get your stock answers down, and then you find a way to make it interesting for yourself, right? You add, add well, that's exactly right. Tom and I would we'd start little bits with each other between ourselves that were already rehearsed, you know, yeah. and then we would you know get digs in and you know make comments about stuff, and so yeah, you just have fun with it. But that was a cool one. Carried away was really cool. I like the movie. I guess I should start with that. It was good. I mean, thank you. Hey, you know what? Thought that movie sucked. Anyway, let's talk about it. But no, Yo, I was I was thinking how how awkward it would be if I did think <laughs> that, which I didn't. I watched it and I was like, thank God this is like a like a good movie because it would have you know it would have been nerve wracking to like if I didn't like it to come on and and mm -hmm. like, drink in a little bit and be like, oh, oh. Hell yeah, this is uh, let me try to. <laughs> Looks like you're having fun up there. <laughs> That's a classic thing you say to a band that like you need to say something to, but you're just don't, yeah. you don't have anything nice to say. Oh, let's see you're having fun up there. <laughs> like y'all are having fun up there. Oh yeah, great sound. <laughs> Which is weird because I remember um uh talking to the drummer from uh uh Richard Lloyd's band, uh the guy from television. And um he uh he was like having a ball playing the drums uh, during the uh the show, and he was just like like just smiling and joking around and oh, yeah. the microphone. And he was just having absolute, like, like everybody else was so serious at the band. Except yeah, for yeah. I mean, having fun is great, but if you're having fun up there, that's code. That's <laughs> at least in my world. It is. I don't know yeah. for you guys. Um, anyway, so how so much again, I made it about me. Fantastic. I'm but yeah, I brought it up to him and that was kind of a, like, now I'm feeling awkward about it. <laughs> That's all right. This is live, right? You can edit it out. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, he plays in television. It's probably fine. You know, <laughs> I think they know they're but, doing okay. So, so I'm curious how much of this is written by, uh, Tom Huckabee and how much you were allowed to kind of improvise. Cause mm. it does seem like your character really is you, uh, like kind of like your story, you know what I mean? Like moving to, um, like LA. Uh, from Texas, like, you know, going into acting. Um, Being the middle it, boy. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. so it seems like it seems like your character really is kind of based on your experience. And I'm wondering how much of it was your uh, relationship with Tom and um, kind of him breaking down, knowing knowing things about you, or and how much of it was kind of improvised and uh, how much of it was you know co-written by you, or if any of it was. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, Tom wrote this script in like 1985, so the draft when he pitched it to me and was like, you got to check out this thing. It's a young kid. You'd be perfect. We could do it cheap and blah. And, um, and I read the script and it was, um, you know, they had 80 self, they had Ed, Ed found an 80 self, like everything was, you know, phone booths and everything was, was, um, was dated and the opening scene though that my only question after i read it which by the way at the time this will date it because it was probably 2006 i think maybe early 2007 but i but tom had myspaced me <laughs> this is for real amazing no i believe you i remember We're like chatting chatting and email and stuff he's like get on i want to talk to you so my mom he's like chatting with me on myspace and it's like i want really want you to check out the script maybe something we can do and be perfect blah 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 Maybe and then, you can put me in your top eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's probably still there. That's amazing. I haven't checked to see Tom Huckabee's MySpace, but here's the funny part. So I'm like, yeah, send me the script, Tom. Cool. I'd love to read it. I'm thinking like I'll get a PDF email any minute or something. He tags me on MySpace where he had posted the whole script in one post. <laughs> All like 92 pages where in one so I sat there that whole night scrolling through MySpace, reading his screenplay on MySpace. And then I read it the next morning on MySpace because I don't think for whatever reason, I don't think you could. I don't know. I couldn't download it. It was just it was annoying. I never told him how annoying that was <laughs> because I fell in love with I was like, this is yeah. really good. Like it hits all the marks. And uh, but the the only difference I tell you, the only difference other than some technology updates, let's say. Um was the opening scene is the greatest opening scene I'd ever read. Instead of granny busting out of the nursing home like we did, and she throws her walker over the gate and all this stuff, that was the big escape. Originally written, Tom had this helicopter shot with news footage and this chaos opening the film that comes over I-35 in North Texas, where the entire freeway is shut down, and the camera finally glides over, and you see this grandma carrying her walker down the damn interstate. <laughs> so that was the wow. opening scene so so after that i'm like oh this is oh this is good how do we shut oh my god i'm as a producer i'm like oh boy so but everything after that was totally doable and and they also didn't have uh they didn't have drones yet right like in in no uh, I was saying, it was like tom, that was my question i'm like tom i love everything about it but how do we do the opening scene you know and so that's what we kind of struggle with but uh, to really to answer your original question, I'm a middle child also, and and Tom Tom and I uh, bonded over a lot of family similarities, family dynamics. Mm -hmm. You know, my yeah. my older brother is not watching this right now. I wish he was. Uh, Andrew, Same. you remember, you remember yeah. my older brother? He's very much Steve, which yeah. which, which is very much um, like uh, Tom's older brother in real life. And so, so there was these dynamics where the more I got to know Tom, he, you know, he, he always told me that, um, that we're the same person, but I'm 20 years younger and better looking, you know? And so <laughs> we just, we just had these parallels, you know, between our, you know, us studying, uh, spirituality and, you know, our, uh, you know, these 
you know, he, he's real big into Civil War stuff. And I'm a John Wilkes Booth. You know, I've been studying John Wilkes Booth for a long time and he's been studying Abraham Lincoln for a long time. So when we met, it was like, ah, ah there's this guy. Yeah, it he's wasn't so, in the theater, uh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but so so we've, we've just had so much in common that that he that he um, he felt so familiar and, and comfortable with me that he could he could kind of start talking more personal stuff. And the script was so personal. He, he, he was really close with some big studios in eighties and even in the early nineties, he was real close to it, even being a Hallmark movie. And so it just never worked out. And then I got him so inspired to do it, but here's the thing. I wasn't, I was supposed to play Steve. In fact, when I read the script, Oh, wow. I read the script. I, I, he never, he didn't consider me Ed because at Lone Star Film Festival, we had become friends with Jason Ritter, John Ritter's kid. And Ritter loved the script. Like he loved Carried Away. And so, so when Tom presented it to me, like this could be a real deal we can do, he was like, oh, and by the way, if you dig it, we're going to send it to Ritter. And then, and so, so as an actor and a producer, I'm like, oh, well, that's the next great role. So, so I was going to play Steve. I was going to play the asshole older brother, which would have been just as fun. Um, but it didn't work out to get Ritter. He ended up doing, um, it was probably wasn't a very hard decision for him, but he, but he, uh, went on to do like a Fred Durst movie. Like Fred Durst did a feature film that was, I don't even know if anybody remembers it, but it, but, but it was, it played on the festival circuit. It was like a real indie gritty movie that Fred Durst wrote, produced and directed and Jason Ritter starred in it. And um, so that, he, that took him out of that. And we had Cloris Leachman. We had, um, oh, wow. we, we even made an offer to Betty White. We made, so the granny after, <laughs> after, after he bailed or after, after Ritter couldn't do it, then I, then I stepped up. Tom said, you got to play Ed. I'm like, well, good, great. I'll play Ed. And so, uh, and so then we cast Brian Massey and uh, when Brian came in, I, I, I'll find this audition footage one day and just archive all of this because it's so interesting. But, but Brian came into the audition the first time I had in interaction with him. He, you know, the, the note for his character was that, you know, he always has the sinus thing going on. You notice the sinus thing. He's always jacking the sinuses. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just pretty, a, yeah. it's just a compulsion this character had that where maybe he thinks he's always sick, this kind of thing, you know, the cancer joke, which is not that funny now, actually, or maybe it's irony. I, I, I don't know. I, I laughed pretty hard when, when I, when I heard that. I, I'm, only not, <laughs> I'm only not laughing because I'm wondering if Tom wrote that because there was cancer in his family yeah, or it's yeah. just some, it's a bizarre now that it's the first time it ever I mean, is oh shit yeah it's it's bleak it's yeah. bleak humor but i still but, but so there's all that so he has so steve has this bleak humor and a lot of it's about you know disaster and health and blah, all this kind of shit you know he's just a shithead but but i wanted to play that role and so so we auditioned massey when he came in he was he was acting like he had a cold so bad like his nose was red he had like kleenexes and stuff because he was playing this character with a sinus infection kind of thing. He played it so well that when I came in, when I came in, he, he tried to shake my hand and he was like, God, oh, I want to meet you. I want to meet you. And I was like backing away. Right. <laughs> like, you gotta get, this is before he went in to read, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta, right. and even Tom, he went in, it's on footage. He goes in there and talk, trying to shake Tom's hand. Tom's like, are you sick? I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And he just nailed it. And then afterwards he's like, you know, we realized he wasn't sick. And, you know, and so, so all these little things they add and, and the, the lady that or Morgana, who played our mom, just nailed it. And so the girlfriend role, the Sarah character is the one that was toughest to cast, followed. Granny was the toughest to cast. Uh, yeah. Julie, Julie having so much experience, she nailed the auditions and the callbacks. But there was always this. Well, what about Betty White? What about Cloris Leachman? And once we figured out what that was going to cost to get one of the stars on our set. 
we decided, all right, we're going to keep this totally just regional all-star casting and we're going to just make the film we want to make. You know, when you when you work with stars, there's a lot that comes with that. There's a, sometimes there's a lot of creative flexibility, even in the moment in scenes. You got to change stuff because things, you know. But I'm proud Tom had full control from top to bottom, from the whole edit to get out the picture he wanted. And he was super proud of it. Yeah, I mean, it it, it definitely shows. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, I mean, there's a lot of unique dynamics. I do like the universality of it. Um, I mean, like I, you know, my, I, I'm kind of, I think I was too young to really comprehend this, but uh, my grandpa had Alzheimer's when I was a kid. And, mm -hmm. um, or I think, I think Alzheimer's and not to, one of the two, I think he had Alzheimer's, but, um, you know, he was kind of deteriorating by the time I kind of could process what that meant. So like my memories of him, you know, as a kid, I always hear stories about him, like, you know, um, really like, like playing with me. And like, I was really sick as a kid, like I was in the hospital for like a long time because I had caught like some meningitis type thing on a plane on the way to go visit him and like almost died as a kid. Wow. And so I hear all these stories about him, like kind of um, like, you know, taking care of me all the time because I was stuck down there in Florida. But like by the time I remember him, he had like deteriorated so much from that, from, from, you know, dementia that um, I kind of just remember him. And then he, and then he fell at one point too. I kind of just remember him um, at like the, the late stages of it. But um but yeah, but like there, there is that I think universality of, um, uh, you know, a family member who everyone is like, um, everyone like remembers what they were like and how much they kind of, uh, you know, push through stuff and those uh, those characteristics start to disappear. Mm -hmm. So I think this movie kind of resonates with that. But it seems like you know the granny in this is still really sharp. Um, and it's still fucking with you the entire movie. Yeah, like I like that it isn't immediately clear. Like it's sort of like it isn't definitively stated one way or the other. There's just little clues along the way, and it's like, oh well, maybe she's just you know she's just having a laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's like, oh, it's like, oh no, no, okay, that was definitely for real, you know. Mm -hmm. And then there's just the, yeah, the the, 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 the shocking usage of uh, of of the n word where it's like, oh. Like every time, but but it's like it's supposed to hit like that, right? Because we all have had family members. Well, not all. I couldn't assume that, but I mean, most of us have had some family members that that rock like that. Especially when it's like older folks who just like, I don't care. Right. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, grandmother, you know, just celebrated um, St. Patrick's Day like she does every year by wearing orange because she hates the Irish. <laughs> speaking of wow um, yeah it's interesting uh, there is truth into that the Alzheimer's with the granny character in that um tom's uh real grandmother went in because i think i think i say it in the beginning like she went in for knee surgery and came out of vegetable or something that that's a line that i think is in the still in the movie but um but in real life Tom's grandmother went in for a knee surgery, I believe. And something happened with the anesthesia. Something happened in the procedure and she came out without her mind. And that, and Tom, and Tom was really young, like junior high, maybe. And it just scarred him. Like, how could this happen? And, you know, obviously that stayed with him throughout it, but, but also the, I don't believe granny ever got better. You know, it, it ended up, you know, taking her out or whatever. So. I mean, my grandfather, after having knee surgery, like he was, he wasn't an old man until he had knee surgery. Mm. And then, you know, his hair went white and uh, he, he uh, you know, um, 
it didn't slow him down much, uh, you know, but he was slower. You, you could tell he was definitely slower than he was. Uh, I mean, he was still like at 90 climbing up on the roof to shovel off snow. Um, but, but uh, uh, you know, fortunately, my, my uncle was always there. Like, get down, Grandpa. Get down, Dad. I got you. You know. How, how did y'all feel about um, another great reason why? There was so many really attractive, uh, edgy elements in this material. Um, I love the dynamic between uh, Ed and Granny. And Tom loved it, too, because um, as much film and stuff that I've done, I've never until carried away. Maybe on stage, because I did do It's a Wonderful Life. I think there was a kiss on stage. But I'm not the kind of guy that gets cast in the lead role, the romantic lead, right? And so so I've never had an on-screen, like a mate. I've never made out with an actor on screen for a role or anything, right? So when this film, so when this came around, um, Tom was like, well, you're finally going to get to make out with an actress, <laughs> right? So, so, there's all, so he was just jabbing with me with all these things. Yeah. And then I realized it's the, it's granny. And I'm like, this is, right. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I want in my career. I want people yeah. to look at a clip and go, this young actor made out with this, uh, what? Like, I so there was all these moments. But then when I read, um, in fact, that changed. Too. I don't want to skip too much in the movie. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to pick. No, back. that's a that's a great scene though, because like when you're watching, you're like, oh, whoa, yes. hey, when, oh my god! If you're in a theater when that happens, it's just like, it just takes all the the air out of the room, or people yeah. are just like, whoa, you know what? Yeah. Those moments when I read the script, I didn't realize this was a French film. Am I right? Let me show you. <laughs> Those are the moments that that made me really passionate about, about working with Tom to get, get this movie made. And I think that scene, actually, we, we toned that scene down. And I think, I think in the original drafts, there was a lot more, there was a lot more making out. <laughs> there was, a, I think there's one or two more scenes where she like attacks me. One's in the car and I couldn't escape or something. We, you know, that, that all got cut out, but the, but the motel room, the nude scene got really concentrated and boy, was that just, well, they're, they're both very effective too and it also and like the scene where she like and of course for those that have not seen the film spoiler alert there's some granny making out but like uh the the fact that it's her faculty she thinks it's that your character is someone else right mm -hmm. it's like from her perspective this is this is like her husband that likes morning sex right so okay cool let's go to it you know and she mm -hmm. and that's a very clear indicator of like oh yeah. This well, is, that's this is the cool. moment, you know, when Ed changes. You know, that's yeah. the moment when he's like, "Oh God, maybe, yeah, maybe, this is, maybe my parents are right." Yeah, this yeah. Um, but you know, he ain't gonna fuck them. He's not gonna. He's not gonna give in. No, you keep no. going. Of course not. Why would you? Well, uh, and and there's kind of a um, I don't want to say a bit, but it's kind of a, I guess a uh, thing that's gone into. I mean, I remember um, Mad Men kind of did something similar, but it's always the 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 father figure. And uh, like you know, and 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 the and his daughter or something, and in I think Mad Men did it. I think um, I can't remember. There was there was multiple shows I've seen kind of from the early two thousands that did the reverse version of that and made it deeply uncomfortable. So you really do kind of um, feel that you know a character is really like you know has dementia and is really losing their faculties in that way. But I, I think that it's kind of the, the fact that there is clearly this. Um, I guess, tension between you and granny because you had lived there and it really, I mean, you know, turning like 17 and you kind of want freedom and you want to hang out with girls. And there's that great scene where you guys are going back and forth in the car. And she's like, why was it? Because you wanted to, you know, have sex with girls. You're like, 
well, that's part of it, but that's not the <laughs> like, so there's these kind of deeply, um, I think intimate, uh, and, and then when you tell, uh, Sarah, like, well, we shared a room until I was 17. Like, so there's these, uh, moments where the relationship has clearly crossed these boundaries. Um, not, not necessarily, um, uh, like, you know, through anything, but number one, because this is a controlling woman, um, you know, uh, that's kind of mothering you, but number two, you know, also because, I mean, you're kind of thrown into the situation. So adding that dynamic to it, where all of a sudden she thinks that you're her, you know, her dead husband, um, kind of makes sense and makes it like it, it hits deeply to the core, I think. Yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing. That was an amazing shoot. Those scenes, I like those scenes. And then there was a lot of happy accidents, we call them. Like at the beginning when the dog gets the spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Oh, there was, that, was, that was like take six, and it was completely accidental. And we just laughed our asses off, and we're like, that's the take. So and there, there was a handful of happy accidents that happen in every production, if you're lucky enough, that you go, God, that was fucking good. Use it. Go, go, go. You know, so there's moments like that throughout. It was, it was just a, a great production. Everybody was... I mean, we became a family real quick, you know, even though it was like, a, I don't know, 25 day shoot or something from 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 Fort Worth to Los Angeles. And of course, we stopped off in, in north of Phoenix at Arcasanti, the um, architectural. I, commune. Yeah, I love Arcasanti. That's I was so stoked to see it in the film because that's such it's, a great place. Oh, that's amazing. And you can cruise through there. I think it's like twenty dollars to stay the night or something. It's so affordable. Yeah. And it's just a, you don't want to leave. You want to stay for days because there's so much crazy shit to see. And so, so he had he had an awesome awesome vision for this whole thing, and yeah, we all became really really good friends. Julie and I, she, she she could go in and out of you know I could go in and out of Ed, you know, pretty easily, of course. Well, she would stay in Crazy Granny for a while, and so it took me a little while to get to know Julie's sense of humor. She's hilarious. Like I mean, right. she's hilarious, always on, hilarious. But when we were filming, she would, you know, there's times I would just look over at her and I would wonder like, okay, is this, is this for real? Is this Julie being her age or is this, you know, she was doing it so well, but she would jack with me. So this is what I knew that she, you know, was really Julie coming through in these scenes. And I'll give you an example, the nude scene, the makeout scene. Well, Tom's one note was just, Gabe has to be repulsed. Or, or Ed has to be repulsed, so repulsed that he springs out of that bed. Well, we did a couple takes, whatever else. I mean, yeah, whatever. It, it wasn't repulsed. Whatever it was, it wasn't working. And um, and then we took a break and and resettled. And when I came when I came back in, everybody on set knew that I hated um, French onion sun chips. <laughs> so we're setting up for the scene. I'm ready. I'm there. I'm in the zone. I'm in character. And all of a sudden, I smell this nasty shit. Julie, if you're watching, I love you. <laughs> but this was funny. <laughs> she ate French onion sun chips before that, before what you see in the film. That was the take where I was repulsed. And it was just like, I mean, there was crumbs on my lips and stuff. And it was, it was like, like second stage revulsion then. So was, yeah, so actually, there was layers of revulsion, right? That took me probably slightly out of character to, oh, my God, now I'm yeah. and so And it worked. And Tom was like, moving on. We got it. So, but that's how we played with each other. You know, we do little things like that. Really fun. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, and, she, and she's, I mean, she's great too. And it's almost like, um, and, and I guess it's, you know, we're not going sequentially, but like skipping ahead a little bit, but like later on where she like has like, you know, the, the, um, like the Lucille ball kind of wig on and right. And, and going oh, dancing and stuff right. like, and it's cool. Cause you get to see her kind of 
both as a character and, and, a, and as an actress kind of show that this is kind of more of a fully well-rounded human being than maybe you would think of just as like uh, something to bounce off of uh, in terms of the story. And then again, the mighty N word comes in and it's like, Oh, Yep. That's such a great scene. And then he's reacting just like, well, I'm out. <laughs> I, I could feel that. I could feel that N-word coming. And yeah, like for that whole for that whole sequence. Because well, as, like, soon as, the, as soon as Jesse's Barksdale is the name, the actor was the black cowboy. I think he's credited as the black cowboy even. But um, but uh, but as soon I mean, the again, being in the theater. Oh yeah. my God! When she she looks up, he you know she winks at him, and the whole audience is like, "Oh my God!" They grab hands or whatever, and it's like, it's like, "Oh God!" Any minute, Ed's gonna have to fight somebody. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Um, it's, and you kind of play it well too, because you seem like you know pleasantly surprised that she's um, chosen to you know uh, dance with yeah, black yeah, cowboy, like, and it's like, uh, wow, she's doing. It. And then when she disappears, yeah. it's like, oh shit! <laughs> uh, that was. Wow. A- Great Let, let's put it this way. Arcasante's in Arizona. It's probably not the first time he's heard it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was that was a great scene. I liked it because it, it provided uh, some it shows depth to the character that you're you know, you're told about in the in the script. Obviously, you can't show except for the fact you kind of get her kind of like, oh, activating these parts of her brain of like, you know, probably like what she was like younger, right? Mm-hmm. And and like having like, you know, having having a dance and everything that comes with it and, and whatnot. And honestly doing better than your character. Right. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, also like um, uh, one of the great things about that scene is just, um, you know, uh, granny is kind of the archetypical uh, Texas granny. And um, uh, she, she really did, um, you know, and, and like race is very complicated, like in that scene. And, and I think that scene works in so many levels because like, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not, people aren't clear cut racist, you know, like they were 50, hundred years ago. It's, it's much more complicated now. And, mm-hmm. and that scene, I think really beautifully captures it. Thank you. I, I also, I like the line um, where you're talking about how she used to change the channel, but you're like, unless it was Sammy Davis Jr. Or, or Bill Cosby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the damn channel. <laughs> yeah, it's not the two most famous black guys in the world. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. <laughs> they're some of but the it, good ones. But right? it's like you know, it, it, it's it Bill Cosby. Like it would be Bill Cosby. <laughs> As it turns yeah. out, not so much with one of them, but yeah, that's, that would have been what was said at the time. Yeah, but it feels like it's much more. It would be much more, uh, you know, sharp if it was like, oh, every time any black person comes on TV, you change the channel. But it's like, oh, yeah. well, there's two black, two black, uh, almost I guess respectability. That's the great, gray yeah. area that that. Uh, Andrew was talking about, you know, that uh, uh, there's racist people that happen to like Kanye or we, whatever you get it. It's like, yeah. you know, there's, it's, I it's like, not cut or draw, you know, somebody else, but me. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Not, you know, plain and simple, like, like, mm-hmm. Oh, this person, you know, obviously they wear the clan robes cause they voted for Trump and they, they don't like rap music or, or whatever two things you want to throw out there. No, it's, it's, it's subtle. It's complicated. It's messy. And um, yeah, they could even have black friends. It's it's gradation. It, it isn't cartoon villainy, which I think a lot of times people just dismiss it outright as cartoon villainy. I'm not saying like, hey, go easy on the racist. I'm just saying no. that we understand what it is. And there are viewers. 
<laughs> oh boy all right a lot of places i go with that but what i am gonna say is that like I think that, you know we live in a nuanceless time right it's either uh you know my team your team whatever so people are just very much like okay so if you're racist you're on that side and like you know you're you are the enemy and it's sort of like well cool but that doesn't actually help society not to say that like you can make racist less racist maybe you can maybe you can't it doesn't matter but it's not completely cut and dried that way and i think that that's that's an unfortunate part of our of our modern culture. Uh, yeah, but I think I, I think that there's a lot of uh, stories that really um, kind of jump on this generational divide, which I think this movie does very right. well. Where it's like, well, you kind of do give somewhat of a pass or some kind of a pass to um, older people. You know, like it, it's very common to just be like, listen, it was a different time, and yeah. you know, uh, even even Ed says like, well, look, I know it was a different time, but that's not this time, and people don't tolerate that anymore. And there's this moment. Yeah, just be like, that's, you know, know, I don't want to be a jerk here, but grandma, that's not really your word to use. And like that. I think that's what he says in the car. Yeah, exactly. Now you can't go. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, though. I mean, it's so true. In fact, we showed Carried Away. Tom, it it was important to Tom that we show was not my least or it was not my favorite uh, marketing angle, let's say. But it became really engaging and i found i liked it but tom was adamant when the film was done that we do a as many nursing homes as we can set up to show this movie to oh interesting that's cool so, I like so we would roll into nursing homes i mean we you know we'd set it up whatever a screening for the whole nursing home community and we would just show them carried away like they don't know yeah. sh- shit about us or anything and these yeah, here's a movie yeah. and we went we went back and showed it at uh what was I mean, I don't think it's called Cherokee Rose in real life. Yeah, I think but it's Glen Rose something. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, this nursing home in Glen Rose, Texas. And uh, and we showed it. And which they... which my mom used to go to and sing gospel songs to the uh, people oh there. Oh, my God, Andy. I bet we all went and did that. Anyway, won't get into Conscription, yeah. I got traumatized going to the local nursing home uh, with, the, with a church group and seeing, like, <laughs> as a kid. I remember being really young and feeling fucking... <laughs> traumatized yeah. as fuck after we that. that but he was serious about it and so for the first couple it was interesting because it would um it's, I, what i noticed was that this audience this aging audience watching a a lead character as old as they are i mean you know granny's character it was fascinating and people were um they were responding to the movie in ways that they haven't responded to anything else in their life or even in the nursing home it's like it brought people back to life for a couple hours and they were excited about it and they could relate to granny and the racism and all this kind of stuff and somebody pointed out um so i so i got to really like doing the nursing home thing we only did like a dozen of them or something over here but it was still like always fun to go in and uh, but somebody asked tom about about the the racist element you know and and finding this nuance and and i don't remember exactly what he said but something like just because it's black and white doesn't mean it's black and white <laughs> and, and i thought that was interesting you know tom's take on it that yeah there is you know everybody's different that doesn't make it right or this or that but right you know there's so well this movie is about coming to terms with uh family dynamics that you're not ever going to um 100 understand the people that are in your family you're not 100 going to uh, approve of of you know the way that they've been but you know a lot of times you don't even know things about them so this movie feels like it's about discovering and coming to terms with that and um you know like i really i really like the scene uh with you and, and the dad at the end of it like rex um 
is what's the dad's name, right? And and you guys are talking, and he kind of opens up, and you can tell that even though he kind of sent you away to grannies or whatever, and and didn't really know what to do with you, like he's still, yeah, what it, like there's still this this tenderness that like the you know Steve the Steve character is like aggressively um, not understanding the whole movie, where you know the dad's like, well, you know, he needs money, so we're gonna give him the house, and he's gonna you know get this stuff, and he's like, right. that's not fair. Dad's like, yeah, well, who said anything was ever gonna be fair? Yeah. And so there's like this tenderness that he treats you with at the same time as, um, you know, your character kind of believing, like Ed believing that he kind of looks down on him and doesn't really know what to do with his feelings. And um, you're trying to kind of delve to the center of like, did he feel sad when his dad died? Like what, like what, what emotional depth does my father have? And mm. there's these like complex dynamics that, you know, throughout the movie, you realize like it's going to end either, you know, with you and the dad choking each other to death, which I'm happy it didn't end that way. Or, with uh you know this this catharsis where you realize like look i'm not 100 percent you know in this but these are complicated people everybody in my family and they're not going to go away they're still going to be my family like how do i deal with all those things at the same time and also just what a hot mess the whole family is and at the at the end of the story look look who really kind of had it together it was granny and gene the mom the mom was so cool about it all in the kitchen drinking her wine and then she's taking a bath and yeah, like she, she got that that's right. setup, man. That, man calgon took her away there yeah, yeah. yeah. no queen business there for scattered sure. as tall as she was the men end up in a brawl a big dirt brawl in the desert and then i won't spoil it but did that surprise you was that cool when granny kind of saved the day I yeah that, that part surprised me it was that's like a great turnaround yeah yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's one of my favorite moments in the movie. It's like, God, all of these guys are idiots. Everybody in this movie is a big idiot. And then Granny, who you think is a big idiot, really saves the day. Right. Well, and right. it's it, it's right. great, too, because, like, you also get to f find out why the father's such a cock. Right. Because right? you're like, why is this guy such a prick? And like, oh, and then it's like, then, of course, as as is the case for anything that isn't cartoon villainy, there's a, there's a reason and rationale behind the story. And, like, all these like reasons he has that he just hasn't chosen to share. And you kind of get it all in like one big, like, Oh, this is a dude that doesn't talk. Right. So, but he's just going to, he's just going to give you like the avalanche of, uh, of, of rationale because it like one thread that kind of led to another. Right. And then he just has that. He got, he got punched hard enough that that emotional state. <laughs> he punched it, punched the emotions oh, loose. Yeah. Yeah. A Steve character knocked him. I mean, oh, that was awesome. I on the big screen. I mean, again, it took everybody's, breath away like ah he hit his dad and he has and he has this epiphany uh too that's like probably you know whatever they say knock some sense into him right but he has this, this but steve it seemed like uh, right <laughs> steve the last time you said steve i think he's it. like this yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah that that guy is not gonna yeah yeah that, that's brother well, which which i i kind of wish like after watching this like like uh steve and ed had more scenes together because there was I, just i do too they, there was something magical. I mean, I'm glad, you know, you and Brian got to continue to work together, but you know, something magical about you uh, as uh, Ed and him as Steve. Well, well I was going to say is that like it, it, the thing that makes it work too. And again, not to spoiler alert anything for, uh, for, for this movie, but like if he finally kind of, we spoiled everything already. Yeah. I was going to say at this point, I think that that trains off the station. Right. Uh, yes. but, but like he, he finally gets like, all right, you know, let me, let me run it by her and, uh, okay. You know, like whatever. And he kind of, he walks in like assuming that she's going to be like, no F that no way. 
And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, if you think that's best, cool. And he's like, oh, yeah? Oh. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I got the... <laughs> Huh. I mean, I got the feeling I got the feeling that he was at some points kind of using that as an excuse not to invite the gram, the granny to stay. Right? Of course. Yeah. Of so course. in his mind, like, he's yeah. like, oh, well, you know, it's not like my wife will ever, you know, want me to do that anyway. And that's just, you know, and so you get the feeling that like they don't talk to each other either. Right. He's kind of using his wife as kind of this excuse to not do these things that he knows he should. And he's like, well, you know, I, I don't want to really cause trouble here. But I have I have this. uh clip i want to play it's, it's i mean what does he see like what do you do in the vagina monologues early on that's like the sum totality of of like what is right op- exactly. emotional opening up is but uh i so this was on the this is on the youtube channel and it's only 40 seconds but okay. uh i do remember this slay 97 save with real <laughs> Was there was one there was one night out at Arcasanti when is this live now? Can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, we all got naked and partied and ran through the desert. Nice. I don't know if you can get away with that on production now. <laughs> it depends on everyone has cell phones. But this is how cool our film family was, you know, that that we got carried away. And um yeah, that was a great that was a great moment. I appreciate you, gotta, you just gotta go uh full copla and take on the unions and then <laughs> Break away from them, and then you can you can run through the desert naked. Hey, I found this. Um, I should show the audience this because it's it's interesting. Um, when we were when we were uh, trying to identify props, you're surprised when you write writing a script. What you know, you've got a, you've got a, there's so many props you write, you don't even realize it. When in production, you have to actually identify this actor's holding something. You got to provide that. So Granny's medication became a deal, a big deal. We didn't have a, a name for her medication. And then we're like, oh shit, well, we can't just, what do we do? You know? So we started a whole website for this fake, let's see if I can get the camera, this fake prescription called Loxadrill, which we just made up. Right? You see it? Loxadrill. Oh, yeah. Nice. And at one point, yeah, Emma Joe Franklin right there. This, this, I just found this in Tom's house. This is what we gave out like the first 20 film festivals we went to. I'd have bags of these. And I'd, Hand them out to everybody I could. They're they're breath mints, but on some, on the first like two hundred bottles I put for rectal use only on the on the side. <laughs> <laughs> it would just confuse everybody. But what what we never I actually, expect, I, I, I actually have the clip of you guys doing this. Oh, you do? What what yeah. nobody ever is it the audience shaking it? Is no, it well, like, you guys talk about that. This is uh this is okay. that same kind of awkward <laughs> film festival thing with that with uh, Dallas Film Festival again, and you guys actually give this out. Oh, um, so on on camera. Oh, great! And one of those underlying. I'll let you talk in just a second. <laughs> Go ahead. one of the underlying things is that you can't just talk at your relatives, anybody in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to actually talk to them and have a dialogue and interchange before um, you're going to solve anything. 
Yeah. Good job. Well, I was just going to say that, that, that granny's dementia is one of the uncontrollable dysfunctions, if you will, in the family. There's many more problems with the Franklin oh, yeah. family, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just yeah, very, not all their fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, multidimensional, very realistic. I think everybody <laughs> can relate to, if not every character, somebody in this movie, oh, yeah. you know, and that's oh, really touching. That's our eyes. Yeah, absolutely. One of the bi biggest mistakes he makes, because um, he's working from a good heart into wanting to make his grandmother happier, but doesn't know how to do it, really. And uh, one of the big mistakes he makes is forgetting to bring her antipsychotic medication. Yeah. Uh, Who needs that? Who needs which that? Which I have to give you now. Oh, there it is. Yes. Yeah, they have it. Doubles as a breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the souvenir. I appreciate it. <laughs> and everybody that comes to the movie gets one of those. Yes. Mm -hmm. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's see. You even have it all marked If you love the movie, you don't need to applaud. Oh, I just shake it. <laughs> hey. There you go. I love the cool. promotion. Yeah. That takes it to a whole other level. That's great. We did that at our world premiere in Oxford, Mississippi, and uh, people caught on to that real quick. And then they started doing yeah. it in other people's yeah. rooms. Right. Uh, <laughs> being promoted during other people's screenings, which was oh. kind of devilish. But, but it worked. Huh? But it was yeah. good. It's good <laughs> subconscious marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you got to do. You know, you got to go stealth. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. You beat me to it, but... That was cool to see audiences shake these things in moments where they where they where they liked the movie. It got to be where any any point in the movie they liked it. They're like, "That's funny," and it would just be this ripple of like, you know, I'm like, "This is so bizarre but cool," and we just went with it. So I saw I saw on Twitter earlier um, someone posted a picture of uh, the end of a screening of the room where they have everybody have the spoons. So there was someone there was someone that I guess had to pick up. All the spoons and, and they went i fucking hate the room and i fucking hate anyone that likes the room it's a picture of just a, a fucking um a theater littered with spoons like, i only i only bring that up to say like you know i think that stuff really does work like people remember yeah um whether it's something like the room or whether it's you know uh like rocky art picture show where they do stuff like that like any any number of kind of um you know cult classics um which, you know, I, I'm curious to wonder if now that um, Tom Huckabee has passed away, like, is this movie going to become kind of a, a cult classic? Like, you were talking about how you might um, start going on a whole bunch of different shows to talk about it again and, like, your relationship with him. Like, it would be interesting if, if this movie kind of, because I feel like it's, it kind of, a lot of it resonates now more than ever, right? Like, um, as Conan was saying, like, these divides get, you know, bigger and bigger. And one of those divides is obviously, like, a generational divide. And yeah. I think that, you know, as, as we kind of um, confront more and more of these uh, issues, like that that is something that, you know, people really have realized, um, especially in the pandemic, I think, um, like, you know, your relationship with your family is important. How do you square some of those, um, you know, how do, how do you square some of these issues that have gone on for a long time, like racism within your family or, uh, you know, like, like a whole bunch of different things, like this disconnect really that people feel not quite understanding um, their family, their family not quite understanding them. Like, how do you really square some of these things? That feels like it resonates now, now more than ever, really. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I agree. You know, we had ideas uh, for a sequel 
too carried away. Not long after we finished carried away, it was there was so much buzz and people were throwing ideas our way. And Tom and carried I, away again. <laughs> yep. Or so, more carried away. <laughs> well, we're to, we're toying with an idea now. Um, just the, our prime cast members because we're all still here, and um, Tommy is the only one that's left us that was involved in this production. And uh, and so we have been playing around with uh, carried away further, and. Um, and seeing if if we can't, you know, I'm going to be working with the cast soon to kind of identify the most attractive sort of storylines that could pick up with the Franklin brothers causing more chaos. But, you know, we've got to have Granny in there. And so, you know, we're I, I don't know. There's a I don't I don't want to give any spoilers, but but everybody's still alive. Tommy has yeah. left us and he he dreamed about carried away to you know, just as much as any other project. And it's something that since he passed, I've thought more and more about. And the film itself is getting a lot of buzz now. And you know, so we, we have screenings. I'm going to put it on tour kind of around the country and some places around the world to show it, along with taking Tiger Mountain Revisited, which was the first movie, he first feature he had made with Bill Paxton, 19 years old. And um, Bill Paxton's two, first starring role, right? It's his first starring role, absolutely, yep. And well, wait until you get that movie night extravaganza bump, and then you'll be talking. We've got to do that one next, man, because not only do I want to watch this film again, it's so crazy, but it's especially the the, the re-edit that he, he did before he passed away. It's, I mean, it could play on HBO tomorrow, and you wouldn't. I mean, other than a young Bill Paxton, even then you might be like, God, how'd they get Paxton? To, you know, it's... Man, the aging technology is so good. So, I mean... <laughs> Well, we I watched. We watched uh, good. It's good enough to. It's good enough for to be a sci-fi film right now, and it's more also like Carried Away. It's more relevant than ever. So I don't we know. Watched, man. Uh, we watched Edge of Edge of Tomorrow. Um, okay. And with an old Bill Paxton. Yeah. And uh, it, it took me like a little bit. I remember talking about this when we talked about it with Erica. Um, it took me a little bit to like register that that was Bill Paxton because we had just talked about him. I can't remember what movie we did. We had just talked about him um, with a different movie. In a different and, way, yeah, yeah. And, Was it Aliens, um, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we watched Aliens like a few weeks before this, and we were doing like a whole Alien uh, watch through. <laughs> and then it took me like a good, like I had to watch it twice, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that's like an older Bill Paxton, like 2014 mm -hmm. or something." Um, so good in that movie. Yeah. I, so. Okay. I, I got I got a thing. There's a there's it'll it'll be quick though. Uh, of course, when we when we do the show, we do it live, and then we um you know send out the various things to the various social medias to let people know that maybe you might be interested in watching it live that we are doing it. I got a message on Instagram mm -hmm. uh, from this guy Britt, who was in this band Theater Fire, who is the band yes that is the playing band. at the theaters oh, party. Theater. Wasn't the music amazing? Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's great. It it's the awesome. characters, it's like the characters' own music. You know, it's like it's like the Franklin family soundtrack is this crazy band that's super talented. But anyway, and he sent me this still picture right here. Oh my god, there it is, which that's is it. awesome. Yeah. Which is that? And there's Tom, yep, no Tommy in the middle. Wow. Yeah, so that's 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 oh, you can't see my mouse because that's that's Tom in the middle. But yeah, like I I I got like uh you know, and sometimes people will respond back oh cool movie whatever but yeah this is this is the first time that someone's like hey i'm in that movie about it right now <laughs> you guys are so talented and so smart i couldn't even 
communicate with them. These guys are like on another level. They're just, yeah. they're just hyper creatives, brilliant artists and boy. And other than like the core elements, the script staying the same, whatever Tom had theater fire in mind, almost right out of the gate. So, That's awesome. you know, he fell in love with them years ago and boy, did they just kill. I mean, they made the movie sound so good. So shout out to Britt, formerly of a theater fire. And uh, yeah, that that's, the, I think that's the first time that that's happened. That, that, that Someone who's been in the movie that we're discussing, I am's about it. So. Hey, it's working. It's working. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you're doing, it's working. Works. <laughs> so we have one Except for like when that person is on the show, like you or, you know, the other yeah. folks we've had yeah. on. So, so that's it. So, you know, I, I, I want to develop with our cast a, a script for the next carried away movie and put, put that in the lineup. And, um, because Tom, um, and Bill Paxson was such a, an influence on Tom Huckabee's life and vice versa. And they both have just recorded history of each other going back almost to high school age, you know, and, and Tom has so many short films that he had made that included Bill or with Bill or Bill made with Tom or whatever else. And nobody has seen these, nobody has seen these. Um, so that's kind of my job now taking, taking on Tom's intellectual property and managing it in a way where it won't get lost and it will get promotion and, you know, continue his art legacy. Um, so the thing that got me, I'll get a little sappy for a second if I can, because I, I've never witnessed cancer, uh, you know, I've never witnessed cancer firsthand like I just did, spending seven weeks with the guy dying of cancer. And it just kind of hit me that of all the amazing shit that Tom Huckabee did in his life, and it goes way back. I don't know if you guys know about his bands. He was in the punk bands in Austin and writing the fight at Rawls that, where they got to fight with cops and it made Rolling Stones. This was before he was like really pushing films. He was a punk musician stirring up crazy shit in Austin. And so he's, done, he's just done so many fantastic, outrageous things in his life. And the only thing that could take him from that and take him from us was cancer. It's the only thing that held the guy down was cancer. And he fought it to the last minute. And, um, and so it, it just hit me that with all of this archival material, I would like to find a way in a documentary form to tell Tom Huckabee's story, which would include, you know, so much of their early early endeavors with Paxton and their videos and this and that and the influences and how it all weaves into, you know, ultimately what took him down, you know, and Tom asked me to film everything, everything of his death, film it all. And uh, I don't know how some of this is going to play in because some of it's very traumatic, but it, it just, I can't believe that so many people are dying of pancreatic cancer and it hits you so quick. It, had, it hits you so quick and then you're out. There's a 6% chance of any one of us, if any one of us gets pancreatic cancer, we have a 6% chance of lasting six months. Oh, and by the way, Forrest, if you want to get scanned for it, it's about 10 grand. So you're just going to discover it one day when it's too late, in other words. And it's, it's just, yeah. I'm, com I'm compelled to somehow include some of this in his documentary for some kind of an awareness, which adds the nutrition in my projects yeah. that satisfies me. And so this is a documentary that, that we're announcing right now on movie night extravaganza. Right, exclusive, top, baby. Exclusive announcement. It's called Taking Tom Huckabee. And you can interpret that however you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom was not the easiest friend to have, the easiest creative to work with, or this and that. You could take him how you wanted to take Tom Huckabee if you could. 
But at the end of the day, cancer took him from us. And now there's this void that, you know, we have to fill with celebrations of him. And, uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll clip this, this part of it and uh, send it to you so you can uh, use it for promotion. Oh, but like I'm, I'm kind of, there's kind of uh, a reminiscence of uh, of Bowie at the end of his life when he kind of um, was grappling mm-hmm. with with cancer and yeah. did that. Um, I, like I, I don't know if if you remember this, but he did the the music video kind of like two months or something before he passed away, knowing right. he was going to pass away. Where he where he where he kind of um, imagined his own his last album. Yeah, that, that that whole last album is about yeah. that. The videos are. Uh, I talked to Tony Visconti about it in Protonic Reversal. He had everybody under NDAs because he wanted it. He wanted to do it his way, which is, hey, you know, I want this to come out when it comes out and be a complete surprise. And nobody knows anything about it. I don't want anyone to think of me as like a sick person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you got to, you know, whether you agree with the the way of doing that or not, and that's everyone's individual choice for a superstar at his level to be able to pull that off. It's pretty remarkable. Also, I'm not going to get a chance to say this, I'm sure. Bill Hicks also died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 32. Oh, was he 32? 32. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and we have advancements now. Bill Hicks didn't even have, they didn't even have it. What did, oh my God, that's horrible. But yeah, Yeah. Bill, another Texan, fellow Texan. Exactly. But yeah, so but I'm like as as in the form of like creative project that kind of uh, revolves around somebody's uh, death from cancer and and the wasting away and kind of grappling with that. I I just wanted to you know mention that as something because I remember um, that's a gold standard for me. That's sort of like <laughs> that's yes. Yeah, so no I mean, not, not, I mean, not looking to top <laughs> someone's death, but I was because I was gonna say that's hard to top. But like, let's not maybe think about it that way. But yeah, like for for. For a consummate artist like like him to, to yeah, Warren Zevon kind of did the same thing too with his yeah. final album. But he he actually was very public about his uh, his cancer, yeah. and um, everybody knew this was his last album. So he got all of his friends on it. it it's um it's, it's pretty good too. Hmm. I love the idea of Warren Zevon, and I even like some Warren Zevon music. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but his last album is like one of his strongest. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say. all um, respect, all love, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway. But uh, I, I did want to say too, like I always thought Tom Huckabee seemed like the kind of guy that was um, uh, always like helping other people get their projects done too. Oh, um, yeah. And he, he's, he's helped you a lot, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Picasso's Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a producer on that. And um, uh, he's got other producing uh, credits. I didn't know if... Um, uh, you know, especially with like his relationship with, um, he, you know, he produced, uh, um, frailty, frailty, frailty. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which, oh, yeah. uh, frailty is an amazing film and Bill Paxton just like direct, that was his directorial debut and knocked that thing out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Matthew McConaughey giving like a late era Matthew McConaughey performance in the early era, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> the late um, era of the early era. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's funny to say that. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 it was yeah. the start of like dramatic. Uh, well, not really, but but yeah. Yeah, no, was... this is like before because because like like he was still like the all right, all right, all right guy. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And here he is doing like something to the caliber of his Oscar win. Uh, to the caliber of some of his uh, performances in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. which which people have been surprised by. Um, but like you know, if you saw if you saw frailty, you knew he had it in him. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, Bill Pullman was able to, uh, to 
Bill Paxton, sorry. <laughs> Talk about Bill Pullman early, screwed me up. Bill Paxton was able to pull that out. And, and Tom Huckabee was able to, uh, you know, help that movie get off the ground, I, I imagine, since he was a producer. Um, did you want to talk about it, like a little bit of um, uh, how, how Bill, uh, how Tom Huckabee was, uh, you know, always there for people to kind of, uh, for, you know, almost as a, not necessarily abuse, but like a facilitator to get things Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he, he's a consummate creative and and Tom got joy. I do too. I do too. I, I love connecting people and Tom loves connecting people more. So, you know, if you're a good person, he's he's an instant judge of character. You know, the guy can see right through you. And um and if he and he's inspired by a lot. He's inspired kind of I mean by a lot. You know, he, he would, you know, he's, he's seen your artwork, Andy. I showed him your early Picasso stuff that you did, the, the promo stuff. And he was just like floored oh, by wow. it. It's incredible. And, you know, so, you know, if you guys were in any closer proximity, you know, or I, I've ne never met anybody that was so uh, gracious with, with what he has, you know, like, like he, he had a Rolodex like no other. And, but he'd call on people for you. You got to meet this kid. He's got this crazy idea. It might work for so-and-so or. You know, he just every every project I would call Tom and and run by him, especially Picasso's Christ. He was the first one. I walked around L.A. for weeks talking to people with this original sketch. I'm like, it's Jesus knocking on a door. It's freaky. Uh, before Tom came back into town and I showed him and he's like, well, you know, it's El Greco, Christ driving the traitors from the temple. I'm like, well, I had to pull it up on Google. There's the picture. It took him yeah. five seconds to identify the Picasso sketch. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. It's like he is he's led me down some of the, the best avenues in my projects. And it, that's his nature. You know, he's not he's not, you know, rarely he would ask something in return, although we did favors, you know, extensively for each other in the industry and such. So but but those are some of the best people, though, that like not only are creative themselves, but like can see like, oh, so and so would dig this. And like, you know, you should talk to blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, know what? I, I, I realize that it's a confidence thing. You know, when you're not confident, you're selfish. You know, I don't want this guy to be more successful than me or you're competitive. Well, I'm it's going to take something away from yeah. you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. And, yeah. and I've never really been like that. And, and I found that, that Tom, 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 Tom was so confident in the crazy shit that he did that he's not worried about y'all competing against him. And, and, you know, right. it's very much man versus himself. That was Tom. He was competing with something mm -hmm. in himself to, to go. And when Bill died, a lot of that steam, I watched a lot of like half the steam just go out. Like ah, I saw yeah. the guy physically deflate in front of me yeah. and it, he, you know, and that was hard. That was hard. To, he never really recovered from it because the, the crazy thing is that the, uh, the doctors, I mean, this is TMI, but th there's a, there's a chance that, that the, the ons, the, the start of the of his pancreatic cancer it's just in this window of when bill died it's just in this window and i don't know how that happened but you know about the time bill got bill passed away is when tom's cancer first started eating his body and you know he wouldn't find out about it till you know two months before he died but but i just thought that was you know because yeah, it crazy. was Bill, Bill passing was so, so traumatic for Tom that I have this thought in my head that somehow that's what brought cancer on. I know it's probably not true, but it's whatever, but it's, I don't know, just crazy. But was it, did I answer anybody's question or did I just ramble? <laughs> I think you did. No, no. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. look, it's fine. It's, it's a heady topic, right? I mean, and, and yeah. it's, 
you know. And I'm mean, still dealing deal like, with it too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm still dealing with it, but it but it's different now. I'm celebra I'm celebrating, and I'm you know I'm just discovering so much. I mean, I found footage the other day from I don't even remember when Tom was filming me. I was over at his house, and he just was filming me talking to me about art. I don't remember that 30 second moment years ago, but I found it the other day, you know, it's there, you know? And so there's a lot, there's a lot to go through. And as we bring on more people for the documentary team, then hopefully it won't be so difficult to kind of dig through this stuff. But. Well, that's kind of one of the reasons I asked like way, way earlier on when you, you have that um, video of that, of that press junket piece if you like remember the individual ones and and here's the reason why because i was thinking for myself personally i've lost some folks uh very close to me in, in the past year and a half one of them uh the drummer from my old band basically someone who's closer to, closer to a brother to me than my own actual brother mm-hmm. that i basically spent my entire 20s with and so i found myself what little footage you know that, that there is sort of like examining like the zapruder film or something and kind of like you know trying to call up uh, old memories and, and things of some of which were more successful than others. And, uh, right. you know, and usually, usually for the better, like he was a very funny guy. So I'd remember like some like asinine or hilarious thing that he would say. And like, you know, that would make me laugh or whatever. And I'm really glad that um, friend and featured guest of the show, Eric Strout did a little mini documentary of a, of a tour we went on and uh, he's in, wow. he's in full form on that. one, <laughs> and, that's, and that's, that's great to see. So it's great that you have that there's like documentation of uh, so much of, him as a person, not just not just the work. Right. That, uh, I, I'm really interested to see what you do with that documentary because I think that should be a that should be very interesting. He's an interesting cat, and and in a way that like I don't know if there's a word for someone that also is an artist and creates art, but also like uh, is like the 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 connecting thread mm-hmm. between people. I don't know if there's if there's I would love to know what that word is if, if it exists, but uh, yeah, for everything I've heard of him is like he is absolutely that dude. Yeah, and that's that's such a necessary thing, especially in this day and age of just everything being balkanized, and uh, we're, we're bought and sold all of our data all the time. Always, if you're connected to anything, it's going to be whatever the feature topic is. Anything out of the zeitgeist is immediately destroyed by the algorithm. You know, it's vital. We all have to become media. So it, it, I think right. that's you know, it, it's it's one of the most bold things you can do. And it seems like he lived his life like that. He did. Yeah, that's exactly right. He was he was doing collage art before people were really like digging collage art, and then it sat around in you know galleries and Pete friends' houses and stuff forever. And guess what's popular right now again? Right. Collage art. When I, I was in New York in May, and the museums were full of collage art. I'm like, good God, is this back? Well, yeah, it's back. <laughs> but he's making an NFT of it, and he'll uh, check all the boxes. He just he was he was good about uh predicting creative cycles or injecting his interpretation that would then catch on i don't know but but he just he lived his life in tune with art and creativity and that's one reason why we we were just connected you know um kind of i guess uh leading towards closing this i have um uh tom reading reading his uh like a, like a poem at the very mm-hmm. beginning or the, the very end i think of shooting that i found online and i wanted to play that uh to kind of um go towards our final thought is, is he like in a kitchen or something is he like in a kitchen yeah he's in the kitchen okay so let me tell you this was the this was before we filmed anything this was the first start of production 
So this is this is bef- this is before scene. This first scene went up. The first shot went up. Tom asked to gather everybody around to read this poem. That's yeah, and and it's interesting that uh, you guys ended up putting it on the actual YouTube channel. Um, and the title on the YouTube channel was a word from the director. Um, you know, especially considering, I guess, that it's it's before anything even got shot. Um, mm-hmm. God, how freaky. I haven't seen this since we filmed it right then. I didn't even know it was on YouTube, I guess. Do some Wikipedia research on Valentine's Day and spent, oh, about a part of a couple hours today that I should have been doing something else, um, writing a little note um, to the cast and crew, which I printed 40 copies of and then left them behind. <laughs> yeah, I, since our printer's not working, I'm going to just read it to you. Uh, and I, it's done in as a, as such a prayer to St. Valentine. <clears throat> Dear St. Valentine, we are gathered here on the evening of your feast day to celebrate your martyrdom while making a movie about familial affection and the lack of it. Many of us have left our loved ones behind in order to fulfill our professional commitment. We recognize that they too, our relatives and significant others are sacrificing their individual needs in support of our collective and hopefully worthwhile endeavor. Furthermore, let us realize that the spirit of your day is not only reserved for those to whom we are closest, but for all humankind, as well as for our animal cousins and for the earth as a whole. Not to mention for your direct superiors in heaven to which all glory must be given. I would like to end by paraphrasing a prominent American troubadour who wrote often and earnestly about romantic love. This is my own version of his song. And the prophet said, Oh Lord, when we're down and confused, we don't remember who we're talking to. Our concentration slips away when those we love are so far away. But there's a rose in a fisted glove and the eagle flies with the dove. And if we can't be with the ones we love, let us love the ones we love. And the Lord replied, don't be angry, don't be sad. Don't sit crying over good times you've had. There's a person right next to you, just awaiting for something to do. And the prophet replied, thou turn our heartaches into joy. Consider this girl, consider this boy. Getting together, making it nice, they ain't gonna need any more advice. <laughs> and all the people rejoiced. There's a rose in a fisted glove, and the eagle flies with the dove. If we can't be with the ones we love, may we love the ones we're with. In closing, dear sweet Saint Valentine, let those with dirty minds cleanse them with your holy tears and martyred blood. Amen. 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 Wow. Nice. I haven't heard that in a long time. That's beautiful. That absolutely was. Thanks for finding that. Yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, I went, I went through like the YouTube channel last night a little bit and tried to grab 
you know, a few things that I found interesting. There was, there was a few other, um, like there, there was, you know, some shooting, uh, clips, but you know, I mean, I think that we've talked through this, this whole movie and I'm happy that we did. Um, you well, know, check it out. Tell people to check it out. It's on, it's going to expand now into some more platforms. But uh, right now, um, I think we have a dedicated Vimeo page. I think you can go to carriedawaythemovie.com. It all routes it to either uh, Amazon Prime or um, we, which we get money for that. So that's good. And Vimeo, we get that direct pay. But it's going to launch on Tubi and all the others in the next several months and you know, further get out there. Well, wait, wait until I wrap my Leadbox review. Then you'll get at least one, maybe two people totally watching it because of that. <laughs> is, it on, is it on Letterbox? That aren't even on this show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Conan Bump. Exactly. Is it, on, is it on Letterbox? It's on Letterbox, yeah. Okay. Andy, Andy already reviewed it. Yeah. yeah. He, said, he said, this is my, this is my childhood friend. Yeah, he, he, he made a special point of friend rocking it. That's what we call him. Like, my, it's my friend's band. Like, all right. <laughs> that's awesome i appreciate it and however i can help you guys let me know i'm gonna be just carrying on i, I have a, a tv series that starts uh really soon it's called greatest prison escapes oh, it's nice. a, it, it's exactly what What's the about? Titles, yeah exactly <laughs> it's about this grand uh, <laughs> but uh granny goes to planet jail. full of apes that yeah <laughs> But uh, it's 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 a cool series. Uh, dramatic reenactments. You know, I'm interacting with law enforcement and tracking down criminals to you know get these stories. And uh, Film Rise is the uh, is the channel that you know is producing the series, which is great. And so other than other than that, um, I'm gonna spend the next year or so finishing Picasso's Christ. But that's another conversation, Andy. I'll fill fill you in later because it never happened. that one. <laughs> the, the, the dirt never stops showing up, but we're actually at a point where we can finish it finally, which is amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, but, uh, but it, it's so, been like, what, seven years? I start, I bought the Picasso and started filming the first interviews in 2008. By the yeah, way, uh, you, you can get Film Rise on, on uh, the Roku channels for folks that have Roku. We have like four of them in the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the uh, the wild, untamed wilderness of the Roku channels. I mean, there, there's a channel that's literally just Young Turks. There's a channel that's just Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes. I love it's it. amazing. Like, there's something forever. Rocking the Roku. Yeah. You should check. Somebody told me there's a Ghost Breakers, our, our a paranormal show. Somebody said there's a Ghost Breakers Roku. Oh, is there? Okay, I'll, I'll I would check love it out. to figure out how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that they should take the Mystery Science three thousand one. They should they should uh, they should take that and the Young Turks and they should have uh, Jank. They should have Jank host like a, a movie show where he, he and then Joel Hodgson can host Young Turks with Anne Kasparian. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe for Patreon though, we could take Ghost Breakers and Mystery Science three thousand it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> There you go. I was, I was thinking also we could at some point if we wanted to do uh you know we could do a carried away screening on uh because it's on Amazon Prime. We could do oh, we, uh, we keep threatening to do this and we'd never do it. We talk about it a lot though. Well yeah, yeah we have to talk Forrest down for doing showgirls like on on uh <laughs> you know, you know, on uh, our Twitch channel. So you know, it's like, no, no, we're not doing showgirls. No. Anyway, Film Rise is on Roku. So if you, if you have a Roku or or four of them, as as I do, uh, I even taught my dad how to use it. 
like you can you can look on the Roku channels uh, for that and add that in. And, yeah, I, I bought my grandma one uh, a couple months ago. Uh, after you kidnapped her, right? <laughs> after 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 Andy and I kidnapped. <laughs> Was that before or after the accidental makeout? Yeah, anyway. No, I'm, I'm thrilled. all the way, son. <laughs> I'm really thrilled, Force, that you showed your grandma carried away. That's re- that's really special. Like that really makes me feel good. Yeah, she was she was here and she watched it today. And and uh, I said, you know, I was like, hey, like I know I know Gabe that like starred in it, and she seemed to not register that. And then my mom was like, he knows he knows the star of the movie. She was like, which one? And I was like. <laughs> Yeah, the, guy star, the guy that started the movie is coming on my podcast tonight. <laughs> does your grandma think you're cool, or is she like, ah, Forrest does these things in the basement that you know? He's real busy. I, I think it's more of the second one, but um, <laughs> she's like, oh, you're getting paid for them yet? And I'm like, no, but you know, I'm like, you could be like, kinda. <laughs> I, I mean, I get, I get, you know, the, I get. $30. Well, after after they take out the, the money that I, you know, uh, sent to a couple different podcasts, I, you know, it, I get like 30 to maybe $30 a month or something. That's, you know, it's the... <laughs> Keep it growing. Keep it growing, dude. Keep it growing. You guys are it's, doing good. It's, it's, it's growing. It's just, you know, it's still got a ways to go and I'm, and I'm very broke. Um, you know, I'm just like Ed in Carried Away, the movie that we, <laughs> we just talked about. Yeah, professional segue. That's why people come to the, the best movie show on the internet is for professional segues like that. <laughs> One of my favorite little subtle moments in Carried Away was when when I asked Granny for money in the car, you know, and she's like, I got a couple hundred dollars on this. I'm like, that's it? Yeah, you know, exactly. like, <laughs> that is awesome. Because there is the logistics of like when you're running or, away, yeah. right? <laughs> Like, like, uh, it's like, yeah, just far, yeah. Granny has all the money in the bank. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> They've cut Social Security that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good line. Damn it. <laughs> But, all right, well, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm well, gonna if you ever do the sequel, that one's on yeah. Uh, on us. Yeah. All right. Two carry, two away. Yeah. There's your line. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here. Thanks, um. I, I I enjoyed talking about this. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I'm happy we did. Um, join us on Tuesday. We're going to be talking to Joseph McBride about my favorite Coen Brothers movie, uh, Barton Fink. I'm sure that's controversial because I think everybody has a different favorite Coen Brothers movies because mm-hmm. there's so many amazing. It's one of my favorites too. I've I've yeah. always just really I've loved um, I've just loved the phoniness of Barton Fink's like the common man, and then it turns out he detests the common man. I just always yeah. found that like fantastic. But, um, yeah, thank you for joining us on this Sunday night, movie night extravaganza. You know, uh, Gabriel Horan was on. He's going to be doing all these uh, different, you know, um, uh, interviews about Carried Away. Um, go see it. Go, go see it on uh, Vimeo, Amazon Prime, like whatever. Just go on your internet and type in Carried Away and there wait you till go. you see this guy's face. And it's not the one from 1996. It's the one. That's the good one. Not, not yeah, the yeah. Dennis Hopper version. Yeah. <laughs> no other movies are allowed to have that title. In Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Hopper kidnaps a grandma is not a movie. <laughs> it's definitely a wildly different movie. Yeah. yeah. Granny wants to fuck. <laughs>